2: And wherever you are, go ahead and share tonight's episode with someone, with a friend. And if you're driving in your car, let someone know where they can hear TMG. New episode of TMG. Hi, everybody. Welcome to TMG. I'm your host, Travis Patton, Sr., I enjoy discovering and sharing real life moments of inspiration from everyday people. And this show is about finding moments of inspiration for our everyday lives. And look, and if you're going to tell me something, then tell me something good. Hi, and welcome to a brand new episode of TMT. I'm your host, Travis Patton Sr. Guys, I'm excited to be here today. As you always can see, and before we get started, guys, listen, don't forget to visit our YouTube page. That's Tell Me Something Good but capital T. There it is, right there on your screen. And as always, before we get started, I'm going to give a huge shout-out to my biggest supporter, my biggest fan, my lovely wife nicole hey girl how you doing i know you're watching i know you're listening man i say this each time the show comes on and i mean it in a very short time this show has really taken off and it's been heard in places all around the globe yeah places like hong kong the philippines china Canada, UK, it's being heard everywhere. Right now, someone is listening to TMG in Spain. Isn't that crazy? I haven't even been there and they've heard my voice. I'm glad you're tuning in. And if you've been listening to the show for the past three years, let me take the time to tell you a thank you for watching and listening to the show. Wherever you may be streaming this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever, or watching it right here on Facebook or or on on LinkedIn, wherever you're watching and listening, thank you. And if this is your very first time tuning in, thank you so much for watching and listening to the show. I don't know if someone told you or you found the show by mistake. I'm glad that you are here. Guys, this show is going to be absolutely amazing you know it's going to be because i'm here with you listen guys uh everybody knows that this show is all about finding moments of inspiration for our everyday lives right for our everyday lives so if you have an inspiring story that you would like to share and maybe come on the show guys do me a favor if you don't mind Drop us an email. That's T-E-L-L, me something, 21, at gmail.com. It's right there on your screen, T-E-L-L, me something, 21, at gmail.com. And what we say, Travis, listen, I know someone who has a great story that would be great to come on the show, but I don't want to come. I'm a little camera shy. Don't worry. If you're a little camera shy, you don't have to come on. You can even do it anonymous if you'd like. So, thank you very much. Guys, I have a fantastic guest who's going to come on the show, share some information with us. I'm going to play one piece of information from one of our sponsors. And when I do, we're coming back and we're diving in. Get ready for the show. Walmart is a proud associate sponsor of TMG Tell Me Something Good podcast. Please use the special link. BIT.ly forward slash tell me something good and visit our sponsor. Remember, I may earn a commission when you buy through this link. There it is, guys. The special link for Walmart. Our affiliate sponsor is in the link. BIT.ly forward slash tell me something good. Holidays are coming up. I know you're looking for that perfect gift. Use the link. It is a paid link. I may earn a commission, guys, when you use that link. Guys, today's episode is entitled, if you did not catch it, it's entitled, guys, A Fair Shake. Yeah, A Fair Shake. Uh, guys, listen, life could be tough enough all by itself. And I'm not making that up. That's just for real. Life could be tough enough, guys, all by itself. And everything from school to work, and everything in between, many of us have heard the term, pick your battle. I have. I've heard that all my life. You know, I'm a small person. I'm short. I always thought I could fight everybody sometimes. I did. I promised you. But I learned that you have to pick your battle. But for some reason, for some, the battle chooses them. Uh, Guys, a few statistics here. On average, nearly 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner, someone they know, they care about, they love, they share times with an intimate partner in the United States. During one year, this equates to more than 10 million women and even some men. That's right, even some men are thrown in the mix. One in four women and one in nine men. But even if the battle stops in the home, When children are involved, it picks up in the court. I know you thought it was over, but it's not. Guys, uh, our guest tonight is a DV advocate with over 20 years of coaching and strategy experience and well over seven years in family court experience. She is here with us tonight to provide vital information for individuals who may find themselves in vulnerable situations and sometimes hostile custody battles, and provide help to the many around us that just want a fair shake. that's all we're looking for. Guys, do me a favor. Let's give a huge TMG welcome for our guest today, Renee Rodriguez. Renee, what's up? How you doing?
3: Travis, thank you for having me. Hello, everyone.
2: Listen, we are glad that you are here today, Renee. It's Thursday. TMG is on the air. It's streaming. We're glad you joined in, took some time out of your schedule. Absolutely amazing to have you here. Guys, we're going to dive in this show. Renee, you and I have had some conversations before this show. I've enjoyed speaking with you, learned some things. It's absolutely amazing the things that you've taught and shared with me. Um, So, you know, I had some kind of conversation and very unforgettable. I like uh because they really impacted me because the show yeah, even as, as through email we communicate through even through email now you're performing what well, you're performing a much needed service for those individuals who are in these vulnerable situations who are looking for a fair shake. if you don't mind, please let everyone know exactly what it is that you do
3: yeah thanks um so what I do is I'm the head of a company best foot forward consulting. And I'm the creator of the custody blueprint. And what we do is we help protective parents who are in a custody battle with a high conflict co-parent to get the custody arrangement that's best for their kids. So we help them get into court. We help them prepare their materials. And what we do is we use the custody blueprint and it's got three pillars, strategy, evidence, and mindset.
2: Wow. Wow. So You're involved. You you guys' hands are really deep involved into the situation. So you guys get to talk to the parents. You get to find out what's going on in the the household, what's been happening in the household. So, So you guys aren't just surface level assisting. You guys are really kind of dive kind of deep into the situation.
3: We do. We do. So when people come to us, when they first come to us, we chat with them and we see, you know, what's going on? What kind of abuse have you suffered? And People are talking about physical abuse, but there's a lot of psychological abuse, too. Spiritual abuse, there's financial abuse, there's coercive control. There's usually a lot going on there. It isn't often just one thing. So when they come to us, we determine, you know, what's happened in your case so far? And a lot of these moms, mostly, who come to us, a lot of them are saying, by the end of the conversation, you know, I realize I don't have a strategy. You're asking me what's my lawyer strategy or if I, you know, for the ones who are going pro se, meaning self-represented without a lawyer, what is my strategy? I don't know. And so they don't have a strategy whether or not they have a lawyer. They don't know what to do with the evidence they have. and You know, we like to say people gather no evidence while they're married for the most part, because why would they? They're married. Right, right. And then they have a mountain of it afterward, and you can't bring in that mountain into court or you're shooting yourself in the foot. So we like to help you figure out, okay, here's the evidence you wanna use, we're gonna help you fi- figure out your strategy, but we're also gonna take a look at your mindset. People go into court, they play into the narrative of their abuser, right? Oh. Oh, she's crazy, she's mentally ill, she's unstable, yeah. She, CPD, Munchausen by proxy, there's a lot of common accusations that come in to these court cases when an abuser who couldn't be bothered with the children before are suddenly going after 50-50 custody or full custody. And so we help these abused parents figure out how do you navigate a family court system that sees this charming person across from you and doesn't see the abuser who doesn't really want to be a parent to the children, but wants to punish you for seeing through them and walking out the door. Oh,
2: wow. Oh, wow. So, th- again, you guys are really involved in the entire process from beginning to end. And guys, understand that there, when I, you and I were talking, you know, there are people who are in different situations in life. And this is a situation where they didn't marry this person. You and know, I were talking beforehand, you know, th- they married a completely different person. But this is the person that this individual has become. And. We often say, you know, well, that's not the person I married. You're right. That is not the person they married. It may have been the individual they've been all along and, you know, it surfaced or other factors come in, but this is who they are with now. And it's caused such terrible situations. And when we talk about having a fair shape, you have individuals who are in abusive situations and that's all they're looking for. They're just looking for for their voices to be heard and for a fair shake. Because if they're in an abusive relationship, uh, five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour, a year, it's not fair to them. They're looking for a fair shake when it comes to involve with the children being
3: involved. A lot of times people look at family court as the place where you're going to get justice. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, nobody goes to to you know college and takes family court one one. Nobody expects to be in the courtroom, exactly. right? And it's just like you said, yeah, they don't. You know, the person you met, it, you know, the question becomes, well, why didn't she leave them? Why did this is the person she married? And it's just like you said, no, it's not. The facade came out, exactly. right? And so, will they get a fair shake? Will the family court system see it for what it is, right? And again you know, we speak generally and we're not giving legal advice. We're not giving therapy, but we talk a lot about the fact that it depends on the judge you get, but we do find more often than not that people are talking to judges who either don't want to hear it or don't recognize what they're seeing. And so you're not going to get a fair shake in court unless you are fully, fully prepared. And even then... You know, what we do is there's never any guarantees at all, but what we're doing is greatly increasing your chances, sure. But you definitely have to take the right steps all along the way once you're in family court.
2: Wow, absolutely amazing. And again, guys, I I told you this is going to be one of those good, good subjects because I guarantee you right now, Renee, someone listening is in this situation. I guarantee you right now, someone, either someone is in it or they know someone who's vis- right now living this out at this moment. And they're just saying, I just need a fair shake. I just want a fair shake, whether it be this system or that judge or whoever, that's all they're looking for. And especially when there are children that are involved. I let me ask you this. And this is just, just curious. Was there, uh, was there something, was there ever something more closer to home with you uh, that um, that kind of occurred with you. That made you want to become involved with this particular cause, or 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 was it just a desire to change the things that you saw.
3: No, well, my company was born out of my story. Wow. Yeah, it's um, and you know, I think it's it's so key to recognize that you know a lot of times when people get taken in by somebody like this, mm-hmm. by some narcissistic abuser, life can be going really well. Right. You know, I was working in the C-suite, I was running a theater company that was about to go off Broadway. Mm-hmm. I was doing a lot, you know, mm-hmm. from the wee hours of the morning to the wee hours of the night. Um, and everything was was headed upstream. Um when I met my ex, things started to slip a little, but he was so lovely and so wonderful. Mm-hmm. We had our relationship. Sure, there were red flags. But you know, once you reach a certain point in life, whether it's due to age or experience or anything like that, you know, what you start to do is you start to say, look, if I haven't found the one yet, maybe I'm being too picky. Maybe I need to forgive this. Maybe they're just having a bad day. We're all allowed to have quirks. We're all allowed to have a bad patch. And so because this person is so good, what happened to me, what happens to others, so good at making you feel adored and paid attention to Mm -hmm. and listened to, when they don't, instead of listening to my instinct, you know, I did what often happens, which is to say I found those excuses for the red flags. Once I had our child, by the time I got pregnant, quite frankly, and I later learned, Travis, interestingly enough, Mm -hmm. it's usually right after you get married or right after there's a pregnancy that the abuse, that the mask slips and the abuse just makes a full-fledged experience. Uh, And it can change, you know, it can be different for different people, but for the most part, that's what it looks like, right? So... For me, as soon as I announced I was pregnant, things got incredibly ugly. And again, there I was saying, well, pregnancy is hard. And, you know, we knew we were going to try, but the timing's unexpected. I was finding all of the excuses. But, you know, I had a friend who said to me after story after story and asking her for help. And what can I do? And how can I change things? And how can I be better in this relationship? She finally said, Renee, I think you're being mentally abused. Oh wow. And so I went to my therapist and I said, Hey, a friend told me she thought I was being mentally abused. Do you do you think do you think that's what's happening to me? And she said, Yes. Oh my goodness. To which I said, Why did you tell me? Right. And you know, her response was so powerful. She said, you know, you can't tell somebody that they're being abused, they have to find it on their own. So the work I was doing with you was to help you use your voice so that you would see what happens when you do use your voice because you had stopped using it around him. Mm. Wow. So, you know, what ended up happening was it, it, it took... Something the way he treated our five month old baby one night was that's what really and it wasn't so so long after you know being told I was being mentally abused, but the way he treated our son one night that's what took me leaving the next day, interestingly enough. Because I stayed and I was all like, Well, what am I supposed to do? I stayed for another five weeks or so, but then just something happened and I saw the way he treated my son, I was all like, Okay, I, I guess. You know, in hindsight, I guess it's okay if you have me, but not my kid. Exactly.
2: Exactly. It's a, it's a child. The child has right. nothing to do with the situation.
3: Right. And so, and I mean, it, 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 later, you know, later I'm thinking, why didn't I just go? But it's fascinating to me that it's kind of like I was still willing to stay in the relationship, but not, but, you know, being a protective mom, I was like, nope, we're leaving. So I left. I started my custody battle, to be honest with you, Travis. I, I got lucky. I had a great lawyer. I felt like there was still a gap. And I have such a deep strategy background that I thought there's something missing. There's something missing. I did a little bit of research online, discovered narcissistic abuse, which 10, 11 years ago was an unheard of thing, right? Now you see it everywhere. You go onto TikTok and you learn all about gaslighting. But when I was in my custody battle, the, you know, I was lucky that I found the term narcissistic personality disorder. And therefore I was lucky that I found out about Tina Swithin, the head of One Mom's Battle, and I was lucky that she was doing divorce coaching at the time. And I was like, a divor- divorce coach? What do- what's a divorce coach? I've never heard of that. Is that a thing? I'll tell you what, working with Tina changed the trajectory of my case, and I had a good lawyer, right? So we got to a point, and there's a point where many people in their custody battle, when you go through court, when you still can't settle, the court will determine that what you need is what's called a custody evaluation. It might be called something else, a forensic evaluation, a psych evaluation, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But we were getting a full-on uh, custody evaluation, and Tina said, look, I know two coaches who do this kind of work. That's it. I think they're full, but let me see. She came back and said, they can't take you, but you know, you have a strategy background. You have um, a deep administrative background. Why don't you go ahead and you know, figure something out? and We'll look at it together. Right, right. I put together my evidence, I put together my package the way I thought, I don't know, maybe this will work. Tina looked at it and said, I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen anything laid out so clearly. Your case is so clear. It's so clear what's going on. You should be doing this yourself. Well, you what? should be. A- and, uh, you know, my response was slow your roll. <laughs> <whoa>,
0: <laughs>
3: right. I, I, you know, I've, I've got <laughs> some stuff going on. And so for about a year, year and a half, you know, she's spreading the word. She's getting my templates out there. She's getting what I created out there. And someone who was going through recovery, abuse recovery with me, a new teen as well, said, listen, she's right. You should be doing this. You're giving this stuff away, but you need to be doing it and helping, helping people me. to create it with them. Right. And so it, I, I got to be honest with you. It really took some courage it it really took some courage to finally imagine. just turn it into something where it's like, let me do this one on one because I'm thinking, well, if I have a story of abuse, do I really want to sit here and listen to story oh, after story?
2: Right, right.
3: Of abuse, right. So I did some one on one, realized that I was making a real difference, and watched people's faces too. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah, and I thought it's time to make it a company. So now it's I made it a company. Um, we've expanded the blueprint. I created a full blueprint for A to Z. I still specialize in prep, I still specialize in prepping people for their evaluations, but I've got a team of like seven people who works at the I got a family court lawyer, I've got a divorce coach, I've got a, a trauma recovery coach. I've got a team of people, and all we can say is we're exhausted at the end of each night. But our success rate is ridiculously high. Fantastic. That's We just That's need fantastic. these children and these victims protected. We just want to see them. You know, these kids, if they grow up in these abusive households, they're just going to grow up to be either, I mean, chances are anyway, they're going to grow up to be an abuser or a victim themselves. Exactly. That's not what we want for our children. And we're very passionate about getting people to understand the court system helping them adjust, helping them course correct if they're deep
0: into it because- Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands
1: off,
3: Most people don't think they need us at the beginning of their uh, at the beginning of their, you know, battle. Cause like I said, nobody takes Family Court 101. You exactly. don't realize how it's against people who are abused. And so, you know, we get people more towards the middle of their battle and we're we're helping them turn things around and make things better in as much as we can. Wow.
2: Guys, I told you, uh, Renee gets in the fight with a person, with a with an individual and they're looking to win. Guys, uh, real quick, guys. let me say this to you real quick. Uh, Guys, I don't know if you knew this or not, but October is also Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, each year in the United States, guys, about 2,140,000 cases of breast cancer are diagnosed in women, and about 2,100 in men. About 42,000 women uh, and 500 men in the U.S. got each year from breast cancer. Uh, guys, you may not be aware of this fact also that black women also have a higher rate of death from breast cancer than all other women. Know for yourself. Know your numbers. Guys, please get checked out today. Guys, this is some incredible information that you're sharing with us, Renee. And, 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 and so it's just so needed because people don't go into relationships, Renee, thinking they'll have to fight that person they marry. They never, and, and, and as a result, the guards are down, as a result, and they start, mm-hmm. and you you talked about the red flags, it's because the guards are down. They never intend, anticipated on having to fight this person, and no one does. No one goes into a relationship and say, well, I may have to fight mm-hmm. this person, and this person may be, you know, we may be on opposite sides of, of the courtroom, so to speak. And as because of that, it may also uh, help them to see past red flags, and they're more willing to uh, overlook those things in terms when it comes to like custody battles and with children and the abuse, the, just the abuse all itself together and not even paying attention to it. What would you, what would you, in all your experience, what would you say um, has been some of the hardest things for you to witness? What the You have seen a lot. I know, because you get your hands dirty. You down, you're getting there dirty. Because like you said, most times when people come to you, They're already started the process and they're in the middle of it. They're in the middle. So what would you say are some of the hardest things for you to witness? Would it be the abusive person remaining with the abuser or witnessing the abuser gaining custody of the children?
3: I think it's any time that the children spend with the abuser gets hard. But. (sighs) You know, every time we talk to somebody, I can walk away and tell you three or four things that are the hardest things out of that conversation, right? And I I won't share some of the stories because, um, you know, even with a trigger warning, it would be hard to get these images out of your head these women are sharing. But what I will say, one thing I'll share that I find especially hard right now, there are two things in particular. One of them is provoke and record, and the other is um, parental alienation. Provoke and record is what we're in a digital age. It's a very, I'll tell you what, what we do is very different from what we were doing two, three years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, the digital stuff is ubiquitous. And so... You know, provoke and record is what abusers do. Um, you know, we've got these, and again, just, just speaking in terms of the majority statistics uh-huh. and recognizing that we we're also abused, we've got these moms who are going about dealing with the ongoing abuse all day, every day, coercive control, insults, belittlement, yeah. um, blaming, um, silent treatment, all of it. They bear it, they bear it, they bear it. And then there comes a point where maybe the abuser knows he's going to go for divorce or he's trying to, they've already split up, but there's exchanges. Any opportunity he gets, he provokes, 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 but the mom has been used to this for years, but he's always at the ready. So if he provokes enough, one day, this mom is finally going to snap and she's going to yell. Correct. She's going to swear. Right. And if he starts to come at her, this is a common provoking record where he comes at her, but he doesn't touch her. She thinks he's going to. She defends herself. And that's right at that moment Wow! is when he whips out and presses record. And what do you think happens is the police arrest the the victim. Yeah, the victim. Wow. And then we have moms saying, you know, it's interesting because when moms are arrested, the chances of them losing their children completely are sky high. So we have a lot of moms that would see their kids for one hour supervised on the weekend, one hour supervised, um, you know, here and there, if they see their children at all, months before they see children who are now left 100% of the time in the hands of not just an abuser. Please remember, the vast majority of these abusers couldn't be bothered with these kids before. So now... These kids are being neglected because this person doesn't know anything about their schooling, their food, their baby. The
2: whole whole routine that they would normally have, they they have disassociated themselves from the routine, but now they have the children and they could care less about the routine.
3: They could care less about the routine. They could care less about basic needs being met. So that's a difficult thing that we see more and more of is provoke and record. And we're constantly telling the clients, no matter what you need to do, do not react. Do not react. Do not this is not your moment to have your voice. This is not right. the moment for you to, you know, it's like you you gotta keep yourself safe. You Yeah. You to make sure you're not right. Yeah, yeah. The other thing that I mentioned that's hard to take is um, a controversial term called parental alienation, and yeah. I even hesitate to that. You know, and I say it's controversial because a lot of people call it junk science, and it is. And a lot of people say we shouldn't use the term at all. And I understand those arguments. What I'm doing right now is I'm recognizing the fact that this is a term that is in the court paperwork. It is a term that the court is using. We do want to get them to stop using it, sure. But let's recognize where we're at in this moment and just use that terminology. Alienation or, you know, or um, pathogenic parenting or... um, Turning, it's really when someone is turning the kids against the other parent. And it has a history of being used by um, the father's rights movement, which I wanna be clear, started out as a really positive thing and then turned um, what they they call anti-feminist when you do research on this, meaning that it became patriarchal, right? Um, Not to go too deep into that and have people start snoozing away, but suffice it to say that unfortunately, the father's rights movement sounds wonderful, but actually, they create a lot of difficulties and there's a lot of uh, you know, false accusations that come up against moms. I myself am not a fan of the father's rights movement. I'm also not behind a mother's rights movement. I'm really behind children's rights and I'm behind um, domestic violence being ended. So when it comes to alienation, then what we're talking about is when the abuser turns the children against the healthier parent, mm-hmm. right? And then in court, says that it's the healthier parent who is alienating. Wow. So kids don't want to go over to see the abuser, right? And so what the abuser says is, well, that's because she's turning the kids against me. Oh. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with her, right? So it's used, you know, it's used against women two different ways. It's a double-edged sword, no matter how you look at it, right? Because either they alienate the kids or they are um, blaming right. the mother for Children are strong enough to say, "I'm not going over." And what the courts will do is, the courts will say, "This is the parenting schedule. Whether your kids want to go or not, they go." And if they don't, then you're the one who's going to get sanctioned.
2: Again, that goes to what we're saying today: a fair shake. That definitely, and that's why we were talking about today about a fair shake. Whenever there's a parent that's in a situation like that, that they're certainly looking for a fair shake because they're like, "Hey, wait a minute, what's happening? What's going on?" Um, Man, uh, jeez, guys, uh, I'm gonna play one more thing for my sponsors, guys, and we're gonna finish up, guys. This is so, so good, so good with Renee. Don't you go nowhere. Stay right here. Right, Amazon. Amazon is the world's largest online retail store. Please use the special link: bit.ly dot l y forward slash tell me something. A-M-Z-N for Amazon. With Amazon, you can spend less and smile more. Please visit one of our online sponsors today. There we go, guys. Please visit Amazon by using the special link bit.ly forward slash A-M-Z-N. Guys, we're here today talking about a fair shake. If you're just now tuning in, thank you everybody for watching and for listening with our special guest, Renee Rodriguez, guys. And she's here sharing and giving us some good key tips and information for those who will be going through a very hostile custody battle. She's showing how it is not always a fair shake and giving us tips on how to do it. Renee, I got to ask you something real quick. because I know we're going to get out of here soon. Um, Real quick, what are some ways in which this battle affects the mental and emotional state of the children that involve? And you mentioned earlier, sometimes they may grow up and become abusers and repeat the pattern that they saw. Is that, is that the thing? Is that one of the most detrimental things, that, that pattern being repeated in these children?
3: Well, long long term, I would say that's true, but not short term. Um, you know, there's always a chance that the kids the kids are all right, right? right? right. But um, when we look at the short term, that can feel far more insidious. Wow, you know, oh, wow. kids are having behavioral problems at school, they're having attention problems. You know, what's very very interesting that psychologists and evaluators are finally um neuroevaluators are finally starting to understand, and the Child Mind Institute does an excellent job of walking people through this, is that a lot of times um, we diagnose children with ADHD, but often when we're looking at children who have domestic violence, domestic abuse in the household, psychological or yeah. physical that we are actually looking at complex anxiety, also known as trauma-based anxiety. And this is not my area of expertise, but I do know a fair bit about, of it, about it just because of what I do. And so what I would say is when you are recognizing patterns in your children that absolutely match ADHD, because a lot of the symptoms are very much the same and there are only a few differences, you want to make sure that before you medicate your kids, because they might need it, they might have ADHD, they might not. And so if you're finding that medicine isn't working, maybe it's about medicine. Sure. But check in with your neuroevaluator and look at some of these things. Look at the behavioral issues. Look at the lack of being able to sleep. Look exactly. at you know, the way do they um, you know, some people say they're thin skinned, they're sensitive, you know. Do they have sensory processing issues? Do they have exactly. a The other thing, though, is what are they like when they're coming home? And I want to speak a little bit about this because this goes outside of that and goes more into this is what the healthier parent has to deal with. You know, the kids come home. And they're basically, what you're doing is you're spending a lot of time deprogramming. And I like to refer people over to Dr. Christine Cocciola, and she helps parents, the healthier parent, to deal with children who are under coercive control in the other household, a type of psychological abuse these children come home and they're dysregulated. If, they're, if, if the abuser has had an overnight and is dropping the kids off at school, the teachers, if they're attentive, will often report that the youngers, this is when they are taking longer naps than anyone else because they're not getting enough sleep. They're constantly hungry. They're constantly in a bad mood. And sometimes they're constantly in a bad mood because they're hungry and they don't I know.
2: know right. Hunger always puts in a bad mood.
3: Oh, my (laughs) God. It's like hangriness right then and there. But it's far more serious when it's these growing bodies who are not being fed. Right. And so when you bring these kids home when these kids are coming home and they've dealt with this, how then do you deal with it? Because really what's happening is there's domestic violence by proxy here. Right. violence comes home. The things that your abuser has said about you comes home. And so what you are often doing, what a lot of parents find themselves doing is constantly trying to deprogram their poor children, deprogram them from the brainwashing and the, again, using the term alienation, just by way of recognition, and just the types of things that have been going on there, the inappropriate materials right. they've been right. known year olds watching rated R films, being on TikTok. Um, you know, the fact that they're eating junk food all the time or they're not eating at all, all of those things come up and you have to deprogram them almost constantly right after they get back. But these things then, these are like blips on the radar. Right. They shout a lot. There's a lot more anger, maybe. There's a lot of different issues. Then you've got the school calling you all the time. You're yeah. constantly having meeting. Yeah. You've got play dates that are preempted. Please come pick up your kid. Um, a lot of friendships that don't last because the other can't have a child who behaves this way, influencing our child, or a lot of these children find each other. And mm-hmm. so it's just a lot of reinforcing because of course, birds of a feather and they we recognize the and recognize
2: those mm-hmm. same symptoms in the other children.
3: Right, right. And so there's something in that. And um So this to me is one of the most heartbreaking things that healthier parents going through a custody battle have to deal with. And that includes once the judgment has been signed, once the order has been stamped, Mm -hmm. the post-separation abuse continues because an abuser will punish you until the end of his days for figuring him out and leaving him and taking his possessions away, which are you and the children and any of his money that he doesn't. Receive. And the truth of the matter is at the end of it, everyone's I always say this to people. I always say these people live forever. So the post separation abuse will go on forever. Wow. Wow. Guys, uh, we could have a, a whole
2: separate show. About the mindsets of children in, in in situations like this, and you're correct. They have a tendency to find one another uh, because they begin to identify with certain things that they see in themselves in someone else. Uh, you uh, decided to create a, an organization, uh, Best Foot Forward LLC. We mentioned it earlier. Um, to to be a resource for those dealing with situations like this. As you mentioned, your team of individuals who help out with this, um, for dealing with those in these difficult custody battles, where can someone contact you or, or get in contact with you? Now I'm going to put the website up here, but if you have a different way they can contact, where could they contact you?
3: Yeah. So go to the custody com. the custody com And, um, check us out there. We've got, we've got a free uh, webinar that is on demand that you can go into. And it's just, uh, just a little over half an hour that a lot of people walk away and say, that was, that's the outline I needed. Now I understand what I need to do in court. Now I understand why things aren't working so far. Right. So that's just a good place to start. And then if you figure, you know, but I also want these guys' help. I want this team behind me. Then um, you know there's an opportunity anywhere on that site to find us, or right at the end of the the webinar. What I will say is, whether you work with us or not, um, statistically your chances of doing better in court are going to be better if you have a team. So, if not us, then listen, guys, your team you got to have a team that includes, if you're going with a lawyer, that includes a lawyer who gets it, um, that a lawyer who, and really, not just a lawyer who gets it, but a lawyer who's good with the judge you've got and the players, to be honest with you. You also do want to have a therapist who gets it and doesn't need to take responsibility for any part of what happens. I know. <laughs> um, well, sometimes we do kid um, moms who say that their therapist therapists kind of like, and what part did you play in this? It's kind of like the part of being a normal person who trusted somebody to be who they said they were. That part is who I played. Um, and then you do want to have a divorce coach or a custody strategist um, like me and our team or somebody who will help you there. And you want your children to have a therapist and listen carefully to this guys, because if your child has a therapist, do your best If you're not there yet, first off, try to get it before you separate from your abuser because afterwards, man, they do not want your child talking about the abuse to me. So they will, now that you're in court, they will have the power to say, I do not, they love to use the word consent and permit. They will not allow you to get your child help and then you can't do it. So try to get it before you leave. But when you do, when you're able to find somebody, make sure that they are certified in trauma therapy, Mm -hmm. certified in trauma therapy. And guys, what that looks like is it's not that you're looking for somebody who claims to be a trauma therapist. They, they, They may call themselves that, but in truth, they're more likely to just call themselves a therapist. And you want to find out if they're certified in trauma therapy. And what that looks like is that your little one will basically be going to the usual weekly, seems like, talk therapy. Right, right. But going to a course of trauma therapy that will last anywhere from 6 to 14 months of weekly sessions, depending on what your kiddos need. And so that is absolutely what you're looking for, because these people, if they need to and will speak up for you mm-hmm. in court, they will be able to speak knowledgeably, and they will not be fooled mm-hmm. by the charm mask. If they're good at what they do, which is most of them, because why would they get into trauma and go through the work of being certified? Now, be careful because you might find somebody who's trauma-informed or trauma-aware, and both of those things are good. But that means that they've done a little bit of work and they do have some knowledge. Um, And that's, again, that's good. I just have been noticing with our clients when we've got somebody who is actually certified in trauma therapy, it does go further in helping your child and it does go further in helping you in court. Wow. So thecustodyblueprint.com is wheres is where y'all are going to go. All
2: right, guys. I put that information in chat, the
3: thecustodyblueprint.com.
2: Guys, real quick, I'm going to throw this up so you can see it. Help is available, guys. You can speak to someone today this is the National Domestic Violence Hotline. It is 24 hours, seven days a week. Uh, different languages, English, Spanish, and over 200 languages for interpreters. That number to dial if you are in a situation or you know someone who's in a vulnerable situation, that number to dial is 800 799 7233. Or you can start text message. You can text START, S-T-A-R-T to eight eight seven eight. Eight, all uh, right, guys. I want to thank our very special guest today for joining us. Uh, Renee Rodriguez, uh, guys, Renee, uh, and party. What's something you want to say in closing to encourage someone right now who's listening, who's watching, who knows someone who may be facing a
3: difficult custody battle? There's hope, and you can do this.
2: Wow, talk about a fair shake, guys. Guys, uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. Guys, you know what it is. It's about that time. <laughs> That's the thing our very special guest for being here today, Renee. Uh, visit our YouTube page. That's Tell Me the Good with the Capital D. And as always, you can join us right here each Thursday, 6.30 p.m. Central, 7.30 p.m. Eastern to listen to the show. Or you can stream on your favorite streaming platform like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and so many more. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And as always, if you're going to tell me something, then tell me something good. I'm out of here, guys. We got to go. Peace.
0: All right. <laughs>